you know, Veritas creator I've looked up to for a, a long time just because the way that he portrays information and mm-hmm. the, I, I think that's the interesting, the interesting thing for me about Veritas is kind of how like, how principled he is about the content that he produces. Yeah. He's probably more principled than me. Like he he's, he's the, he's very, very pure with the way that he does his stuff. Like he will only make content about the thing when he's really passionate about it or thinks it's like something really, really interesting. Yeah. And then when he's investigating it, he will spend as long as it takes to make sure that he knows absolutely everything about that. Yeah. I do tend to take a slightly more pragmatic approach, partly because I guess like I'm not in the same position, right? So like I have to be, I'm still trying to build the channel up and like right. you know, just keep things floating. Like. Hey, she's a beauty. Welcome to Tardux, a podcast for content creators to come on, share their stories, advice and experiences and today i have gigaby welcome hello well i'm so glad you uh you know we're able to do this in, in my house now i i thank you so <laughs> much for having me on your your pod scav talk that was awesome with you and church and uh what we do here we start things off with three random questions to get things going and are you ready uh, i think so all right so as a little kid what did you want to be when you grew up train driver oh easy all right favorite movie Oh, I'm not very good at movies, but probably uh, Interstellar. Okay. And then hardest thing about being a dad? Uh, oh, that is, that's tricky. Hardest thing about being a dad? Um, the time commitment, I yep. think, probably. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So first of all, where does the name come from? <laughs> I have people ask me every now and then. It's, it's not... People don't ask me all the time, but and, and it's funny because some people go like, "Oh, I really don't like your name," and some people go, "I really like your name." It's like it's it's so funny because it's so random. <laughs> yeah, that it yeah. It sort of intrigues people, and they're like, "What does this even mean?" Um, it's actually like the story isn't even that interesting. I, I wish it was more fun. <laughs> but um, back in the day, I got I don't even know how old I was at this point, but it was kind of early secondary school kind of thing. I guess uh, like high school for for you, you Americans. Yeah. Um. Hang on, I'm a Canadian. And, you just you just assumed oh, I was an American. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we like the Queen, you know. I'm, you know, Canada. You just you forget about us, I guess. I think you even have your own special uh, bank holiday for a, a Queen that we don't even have. You know, Probably, what I mean? you yeah. have like a Victoria Day, right? Victoria Day, which, yeah. Uh, which which we don't get. We don't get a holiday for that. So, okay. Well, my my apologies. That's I've okay. started off an international conflict within the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> So your name? Do you guys have secondary school or high school? We right. we call it well. Uh, the older people call it high school, but it's secondary school. Oh, so it's like a hybrid. Yes, and then after secondary school, you have we have college and university. There's two different things. So like, uh, people can go to either college, which is more of a technical school. Like you, it's not the degree you get from university. Like if you're going to be a doctor, you go to university and whatnot. But if you're going to be like a um, I don't know, a nurse, you could go through college and go through do your three years of nursing and then you're, you know, you're a nurse. So, yes. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Um, sorry, what were you asking me about? Gigabeef, the name. I've, I've, I've tangentialized. Oh, yes, the name, of course. Okay, so back in school, me and friends, we were playing this game, which we absolutely adore. It's actually one of my favorite games of all time. It has a special place in my heart called Shattered Galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I talk about it every now and then on stream because I just can't, I just can't help it. And basically, it was the it's the only game that I've ever really played of its type. I think there are some others that people have told me about that 
Um, I, I haven't actually played like Planet Side, but it was like a it's kind of like a RPG RTS like mm, MMO kind of thing. Okay. So you had like you had like a bunch of units, and you went in with a, a whole team of people who also had a bunch of units, and uh, and fought like a big war um, on two sides. Yeah, and you could like swap units in and out, and it was kind of like a big sort of rock paper scissors, you know, six layered kind of thing. So you'd have like aircraft and anti air, whatever. So each person would like specialize in different things. You had to have the right team comp to actually win the win the fight. Anyway, in that game, there was somebody who was like super, super high level called uh, Gigabyte in the game. Um, oh, okay. Who I thought was like super cool. I thought it was a really cool name. And at the time, there was this really strange in-joke. I don't even know where it came from. Basically, everything was like beef this, beef that, beef the other. <laughs> I had like, at one point, there was like a tiny little band that we formed. It was like a drummer, me, and, a, and another friend. And um, we called ourselves like The Beef and stuff oh, like this. It was okay. just like, I don't know why, I don't know why it, was just, it was just the way it was. So I saw his name and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. But I just like combined the two together, basically, and just took his name and put Giga Beef on top of it. Because um, before that, I think my handling game had always been uh, R108, is a character from Time Splitters 2. Yeah. Okay. And um, I think I had to go and create a new handle for something. I can't remember what it was even. It might have even been Counter-Strike or, or something like that when I first got sourced. And, um, and I couldn't because it was taken. So I had yep. to make a new handle. And that was basically it. So I just combined that name oh. I'd seen with this stupid in-joke that have been going around. <laughs> and I've had it for ages, and I've honestly, I've, I've considered changing it like three times in the past. Like, obviously not recently. Right, but, yeah. Um, historically, I'd considered changing it a couple of times, just like, oh, is this, like, the name's just like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure about it. But then I ended up just like not bothering. Yeah. And, um, and now it's this kind of funny thing where it's just random. It's just like a random word. Yeah. And um, some people, some people <laughs> like it, some people don't like it, some people don't care. Like, it's just, it's It's, it's weird. just it's, uh... so different, you know? It's like, yeah. gigabit, like yeah. is it giant steak? I, you know, who knows? Hmm. All right, so now, yeah. so you were in a band, so what did you play? A guitar, oh. actually, and I, and I did a little bit of singing. My my guitaring is better than my singing. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But, what um, kind of music? Uh, we used to play, uh, just, yeah, the, the usual sort of teen stuff. We used to play, like, Nirvana and... Yeah. Um, Oh, nice. Uh, Led Zeppelin more for kind of myself, um, yeah. but things like Red Hot Chilies, because like yeah. stuff that's easy and you know you can like play together. Like, I've I've tried to make a few different bands, but it's just never really worked. Like I'm much more of uh, I guess it's it's kind of funny how this ends up reflecting on so many other things. Like I'm much more of like a you know play for myself and yeah. um, kind of learn and sort of advance like on my own and yeah. um, without like other people because it's so hard to organize stuff. I have to go there and then you have to right. all agree on the same things mm-hmm. and it's like, it's so so difficult. So I eventually kind of migrated away from that. I tried to um, start a band up at university, but it was just plagued with issues. So I ended up, for the most part, just, you know, learning stuff and playing things myself and that sort of thing. Cool. All right. So who is Giga Beef before you created your first YouTube video or you first went live? What's your background? So I am British-born boy through and through, always been here, um, always lived here. I grew up in the West Midlands. Um, out in the countryside, basically. And from there, led a pretty ordinary childhood, to be honest. Just went yeah. through school. I've always been the academic type. So this is probably pretty obvious. Yeah. Um, so, you know, did pretty well at school, went to university. Um, I basically went through and did uh, did a master's in physics. Mm-hmm. This is what I have. And I did specialised in, I can't remember what I did now. It was like <laughs> nanoparticle vibrations under like different light waves and stuff like this. Oh, dear like, God. Within within the science world, I've always kind of um, preferred. I quite, I quite liked the the kind of the things that were sort of um, on the 
sort of like chemistry, physics, border, that kind of area. Yeah. And I'm not really a big cosmology guy, and I'm not really a big like particle physics guy. Yeah. I quite like the way that actual real things work, things like microchips and semiconductors and all that yeah. kind of stuff. It's kind of like what I find most interesting. So I did as much of that as I could. Um, then from there, up and after that, oh, yeah, so I ended up, um, I ended up doing a, a bunch of different um, kind of like work experience things because um, my then girlfriend now wife she yeah. was going into uh, recruiting and she was really on it with kind of like work experience getting all this stuff she's like you need to go and get, get out there and get experience and that kind of thing yeah. and i was like very, you know i was very very academic up until that point and she kind of helped me to kind of think about what i wanted to do and i decided look i, I don't really want to go into science you know i've done enough of that and yeah. the the higher up you get the more political and funding orientated it gets yeah. rather than like the the science in of itself and, right and you niche down and niche down and niche down and niche down and the things that i like are some of the more broader concepts but to actually do anything useful you have to you just spend three years on like this little bit oh god and i just wasn't really that interested in in going down so deep into one thing um with i mean it's just it it, it doesn't pay that well as well it's right. like it's it's tricky right and you gotta really really love it if mm -hmm. you want to go and do it it has to be kind of a passion of yours if you want to go down that route and it's yeah. all government funded and it's it's just tough it's just tough unless you're really super passionate so and you need to play the games things. probably like you said the political game and funding and things like that yeah because the first step for that is doing the phd and um and getting your dog to it but and even that looks kind of daunting and i was thinking oh, i'm just not sure if i want to go through that experience really right. after speaking to the others because you know there's a lot of there's a lot of you know um either postgrads or guys doing their doctor actually in the department at the time so you get to speak to them about their experience and yeah i just i just didn't want it i just didn't want it so i was looking for stuff outside of that and um i eventually ended up through one way or another um going and looking at more like the finance world yeah instead um because they like people from scientific backgrounds and, and all that kind of stuff so one thing led to another i ended up moving down to london um to go and do a job in finance down in the city of london which was pretty cool yeah and um to start with i was doing sales for the first couple of years but I don't really like cold calling. It's, it's just <laughs> just the thing. Right. I'm not really a born salesman. Um, you know, I can be I can be chatty and social and all that kind of stuff. But like, I'm not really a hard sell kind of guy. Yeah. And after I learned that about myself, I kind of changed it a little bit. Went into kind of more of the uh, the sort of analytical side of things, um, which is basically where I stayed up until well, very 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 recently. So yeah. The the deal was. These are these old school car kind of companies are not particularly mm, flexible. Let's put it that way. Right. Yes. So, twenty twenty hit with the whole COVID crisis yeah. in March. My wife was pregnant in February, so she went through the, her pregnancy in lockdown, oh, wow. basically just by herself, working yeah. remotely in her you know, in our like upstairs room while I was working downstairs. Oh my god! Our daughter was born in October in the middle of like hard lockdown in the UK. You couldn't go anywhere and you couldn't yeah. do anything. So we basically couldn't even have like family see us. It was really really tough. Oh god! So by the time that things rolled all the way back round again and stuff started opening out, yeah, and all the various companies started saying like, "Hey guys, everyone's going to come back now." I was like, I don't really want to particularly because I've been here the whole time and mm -hmm. it's not like you know. I just had my kid and then went back to work. Right. Like, I had my kid and I've been there every day for yeah. like a year and a half. Um, and uh, yeah, basically just like one, th it was just like those battles that back and forth yeah. and da, 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 da. And it ended up in this kind of like horrible compromise where I ended up because ugh, our long-term plan had always been to move back to the West Midlands. 
yeah. which is where I am now. I used to live down in London um, when when I was working there properly. And we moved with the basically with the extra flexibility being like, you know, this is this is what's going to happen. And yeah. I said to them, I'm doing this regardless. So I did it. And then we ended up in this horrible compromise where I had to go down two days a week. Oh. Um, and I had to be there two days. Like with, and there was no to- zero tolerance. on. Meanwhile, you, know, you worked all through COVID at home. Yeah, completely oh. fine. And set up all these things, which allowed us all to work perfectly together. Yeah. And the, the craziest thing is like none of my team cared. My boss actually didn't care. And it was the higher up people in a different country who made decisions, who I'd never even met. Wow. Who were like, no, this guy needs to, needs to be there two days. And so I did that for about six months. There was a little stint where we had a second like tiny mini lockdown where I got to stay at home again yeah. full time. And, uh, and then after all that got said and done, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm, I've had enough. And uh, the channel was kind of taking off at the time as yeah. well. Like it had always been in the back of my mind that that was the way that it was going to go. But the like the previous December was the first. It was the first time I'd been chosen for doing like the um, the Twitch drops. And yeah. I had a day, you know, where I was on, on for that. So I was like, okay, well, you know, this is going really well. The YouTube's going really well. Yeah. You know, the, the developers have kind of you know blessed this this thing on me and stuff. I was like. If, if, if there's any time to try to get a better life for all of us, mm-hmm. now is it. Yeah. And um, also where um, you're happy. Exactly. Exactly. And I want to see my daughter grow up. And that was kind of the whole point in the first place. So oh, wow. that was basically it. So it's like, for me, it's a really, really big lifestyle thing um, yeah. to come and do this. And it's doing something that I love doing every day. Like, don't get me wrong. I actually did quite enjoy what I did before. Mm-hmm. But obviously this is completely different because it's like under my own steam i'd have people telling me when i can and can't take holiday around this and that right. and the other and you know this person pulling rank and da, da, da. it's like none of the politics none of that it's just like me doing something i enjoy yeah and creating and then having the flexibility to go and do the other stuff in life which is really what it's all about so yeah yeah it's 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 kind of how we got there recognizing work life is such an important thing in your life you know having that balance is so it's really important from a mental health standpoint happiness it's yeah it's some people don't recognize that until way later in life and they miss their children growing up and all the things like that yeah yeah exactly and i've seen i've seen far too much of it so people get very sucked in and Mm -hmm. and it's weird actually because something i've learned actually relatively recently is that Sometimes, even if people's lives are quite difficult, if it's the same thing that they've been doing forever, just the the, the sheer momentum of making a change is actually very, very hard for yes. people. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Even if people's life kind of sucks and they're like, yeah. they, they tell you it sucks and you're like, well, do something about it. It's like, oh, but, you know, but I've got this and I've got this to do and that to do and all these things re- depend on everything. It's just like, well, maybe you need to kind of take a step back and like try and... Is there a different way of doing this? Can right. we do this? Can we do something completely different and start again? It's like stop with a blank slate. Okay, here's what we actually want in our life, and here's how you know maybe a structure to get there. Right. It's kind of like how I ended up looking at it with the with the channel because yeah. you know you have to you have to really restructure your life completely to. Yeah, if people no, not at all. And and people, even though they're miserable, they're comfortable being miserable. It's the unknown. <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't want to change. They're like, yes, I know it's my misery, but. I just know it, and they they live with it without taking a risk or chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, mm-hmm. when did video games start for you? Oh, pretty early, pretty early. Yeah, I think the first, the first like video game that I remember playing was. It's it's funny because we've never really been like a massive technology household, particularly. It's like yeah. neither my parents are, like in computing or anything like that, but I think my parents were always kind of open. 
they were always open to it relatively mm -hmm. and so it just kind of happened and my dad's kind of like interested in stuff in general he's like kind of person who's just interested in things and he had this um i don't even know where we got it from but we had this dos ms dos machine yeah um and on that we had two games one we had battle chess which was just chess but with like dos pixel animations which is <laughs> right. great and sounds as well <laughs> Um, it was like the bishop was a wizard, and yeah. when it was like when it would kill another unit or take another, take another piece, they'd like <laughs> throw the staff, and then like the hole would open up under the floor, and they'd go oh, and go yeah. down the hole. Um, and then there was this other one called Zenon, which was like a top-down um, kind of two D space shooting game. It was yeah. like incredibly difficult. And those are the two first games I remember playing because they were really, really, really early. Um, and and on the DOS machines, you had to you know type in oh god yes run whatever. Um, so those that was kind of like yeah I don't even know that was like re really early times and then we had a what even was it called the uh the Sega Master System that's the mm -hmm. one I think it was called oh no the Master System was just the Master System everywhere I think um but that was the one so we had one where it played Sonic without even having a cartridge in it oh okay so you just turned it on and it had it like built into the hardware yeah like it was that fundamental which is kind of cool oh wow um. So we had had that, and then from there went kind of through the Sega uh, Mega Drive, as it was known here. I yes. think it's called the Genesis elsewhere, yep. um, which was kind of like the staple for a long time. And then we moved on to uh, PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, um, and then eventually, me and all my friends were kind of just like getting into proper PC gaming. Yeah. And um, I had a I had a friend whose dad like built a load of PCs in his spare time. He's an IT guy anyway. Yeah. Um, and he helped me build my first PC, which we then took to the UK's biggest LAN party, the Insomnia series. <laughs> oh, wow. And we all went together and we played there. So like my first set of PC games was Counter-Strike Source and Dawn of War. Yeah. Um, and that kind of trend has pretty much followed me through most of my like early gaming, which is an RTS and an FPS. Yep. It's pretty much like the mainstay of what I played for a long time. And a load of random RPGs. But yeah. um yeah, so I've just I've been playing for a long time on all sorts of different different systems. Okay. Um, so one of the biggest gripes against my parents, say, and I still bring it up now sometimes, just like you wouldn't let me have a Game Boy. Like I was never allowed to have like a portable Game oh, Boy. Oh no way! And like <laughs> I'm back in school, everyone will be playing the Pokemon games mm -hmm. and like trading stuff with each other and things. And I'm just like yep. not allowed a Game Boy. And my parents <laughs> said the, the screen was too small and it was stupid. Oh, and I was just like I was like, look at me now. I've probably spent like 300 hours playing emulated Game Boy to make up for it. You know, my, my childhood loss or whatever. Yeah. It's funny how childhood <laughs> memories, you know, just those games like, oh, I got to play that. Because I, yeah, like I, I do the MAME emulator and I go back to all these old arcade games. Mm. Like, oh, my God. But it's, yeah, a car. It's no, it's a rectangle with two squares. That's not a car. You know, but growing up, that was what we had. Exactly. Oh, that's exactly. Funny. So, and looking back, what are some of your favorite games that you know just you know strike a, me a good memory for you? It's it's a it's a really it's a really funny one because probably my favorite game of all time is a game that I don't ever really play now, um, but it honestly probably is Minecraft. Honestly, oh yes, I, I probably have more hours in Minecraft than any other game. Yeah probably including Tarkov, mm -hmm. which is quite shocking um, because I played thousands of hours of the original one. Yeah. And then me and a load of friends, like is it, Minecraft has changed so much since I played, but there was a, a bunch of mods and it was before the modern community really kind of got everything together. Yeah. But it was called the Tech It Pack and it had, it had like 
nine different mods that they'd made compatible mm-hmm. all together and you could build like nuclear power stations with like cooling towers like automatic blueprint building machines oh, and, wow. and i probably spent the same amount of time again yeah. playing that second one um <laughs> eventually kind of i guess just extinguished all the ideas like i, I built in, in vanilla minecraft built like a nine-story lift up like sticky pistons and things yeah. and, like all my friends thought i was completely insane because i basically <laughs> just like disappeared for two weeks on the server yeah and um, i was just like guys look what i've done and i took them down this like spiral staircase and it just opens into this room of redstone oh and my I've got god this excel yes. spreadsheet on the other monitor because i had the circuit built within like two days oh but i couldn't lord. make the timings work yeah so i had to put so many repeaters with delays and stuff to actually get the timings to function oh properly because there's this like very specific there's a very specific order that it needs to work in for the pistons to work yeah. because a piston won't pull a piston that's open it'll only pull one that's closed and all of these kind of rules <laughs> so i ended up with this like warehouse of circuitry and everyone was like i can't actually <laughs> believe you've done this like this is insane <laughs> so yeah we did oh. did loads of things like that like you know built trees up into the sky before yeah. you could actually move grass blocks so you'd like you'd grow a tree and then yeah. cut the stump away <laughs> built like an enormous tree like this like did so many projects but eventually just you know you there's nothing ideas. really left to do but uh, yeah, i mean minecraft it probably is one of the the best games that i've played just because it's so sandbox you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. um yeah. and for me it's kind of like yeah it's like it's just endless creativity it's just like whatever kind of thing you want to do and it's and it's best with with friends as well oh, it's absolutely. best with other people yeah um, yeah in in the house here so i've got three kids and my oldest started playing that you know when it first came out we ha- i remember having like a 7 year old birthday party with my my son's five friends all computers around the kitchen table playing minecraft some of the modded my- mods they created like one was like a uh, you know a survivor one where everybody's in a dome and there's a timer you had like five minutes to build everything and then the the dome and the walls fell down and then it was like you Uh. know kill each other and whatnot and you know we we built the server where you know all of our friends and my my friends and their kids were playing so and then it was like it was all very happy everybody was like hey do you need this do you need that and then it was like that lord of the flies thing kicks in hey i saw she was over in your house yeah my diamond pickaxe is gone and then the next thing you know they're building traps and stuff like this and i get a call from one of my son's uh, uh my son's friend's mom hey barry did your son blow up my daughter's house yes they did and it was just like it's just like minecraft it's, and even to this day he's in university and now and then his buddies will get together and play it and it's such a great game it really is yeah. It really is. It's 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 so good. It's got so many good memories for me. It's got yeah. so many good memories. It's actually something that's like super interesting about it is kind of what you're saying about playing with other people and having kind of like no rules or or having rules or whatever. Like there were a couple of friends who said, I want to play like a no holds barred, like anything goes kind of server. Yeah. And I was like, this is not gonna end well. I, I just know this isn't gonna really work <laughs> because problem is is that unless you are kind of left alone a little bit, then mm-hmm. nothing gets built. It's like it's quite an interesting kind of take on sort of humanity or whatever yeah. it's like you can you can build so many amazing things when everybody works together but if you're like at war mm-hmm. like everything is super functional and nothing of any kind of value gets created it's just like yeah. it's it's really weird how it like mirrors reality in so many ways so and it was true. yeah it was just it was just like it, we, nothing it was just re- it was really boring because people were just like <clears throat> you know building efficient things to destroy each other's houses and stuff and yeah it's just like nobody progressed you, you didn't <clears throat> you know no advanced yeah. things got built it was just the basics just to survive and, and take exactly. out yeah, yeah exactly. so i thought it was kind of fascinating yeah absolutely so now what did youtube come first or did streaming come first for you 
I guess I guess dreaming kind yeah. of um but more as an, an idea rather than anything else yeah because I don't know really what made me think about it <clears throat> excuse me I think it, I think it was potentially my sister so she used to stream a bit of dota yeah um, and this is before I streamed anything and I did kind of wonder I was like oh you know I wonder if I could you know stream some Tarkov and I, I had a, a go here and there just to put a stream up and just I don't know what you know what it usually happens when people go go and stream and they stream to nobody for right. however long and um, I think maybe on like the fifth or the sixth time there was someone who used to be one of her subscribers but she like she stopped streaming but um like I used to watch her occasionally and he found my channel actually and he was like my very first viewer yeah um, and he was like oh hey what are you doing here like what's this game like you didn't even know what the game was and, and all this kind of stuff and so that kind of like spurred me on a bit i was like oh you know if i actually can have like one person come and chat then like why not more people you know, right let's, let's just give this a go um but the more i looked into it firstly you know it's very difficult when you've got a, a demanding full-time job that takes up a lot of time yeah um because you're just like twitch is a lot of it is a an hours game in some ways and you right. have to be consistent and online and da, da, da. And the more I read about it, it kind of made more sense to go down a different, a different path. Like somebody who I followed from a very early, from very early on was Harris Heller. Yeah. Um, who is just, you know, I've enjoyed watching his journey through to where he is now. He's done so many cool things, but like back then when he was just doing the stream coaching stuff um, on his YouTube channel, he always used to say, and it's still true now that Twitch has extremely bad, uh, discoverability yep. and you basically need to pull in people from another platform if you want to grow in i guess when was this like yeah this is 2020 basically yeah um and so i was like okay fine well let's have a go at some of this other stuff like i've, I've always wanted to try video editing i'm i'm completely like non-creative i'm like not a creative person at all yeah <clears throat> in a kind of strict sort of um technical sense or training sense yeah um, like obviously you've seen you know like play music and stuff but it's just like it's, it's very very different right it's yeah. very different to, to that kind of thing but um, so I'm actually completely opposite to my sister because she's a graphic designer and she knows all this kind of stuff so like she's <laughs> helped me along the way with all sorts of things nice but um, I'd, I'd always been kind of interested in how does a video actually get put together like I sort of understand in principle how you edit a picture even though I'm not necessarily that good at it you know it's yeah. just like you have the picture and then you change the colours here and do this and blur stuff and merge things together and whatnot. I was like, I'm not even really sure how a video actually gets created, to be honest. And I'd always kind of wanted to learn. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm watching a load of Tarkov stuff anyway on YouTube. Yeah. Some of the, I, I feel like there's a gap in there for people who are making content mm -hmm. mostly for new players and are explaining it in a good way that doesn't assume any knowledge. And that was kind of right. what I thought. I was like, there's probably a gap for this. But either which way, I thought, well, it's, it's a good excuse just to try something. It's like if you try and do coding you don't have a project so you have nothing to really work on right? if you're trying right. to learn a foreign language but you don't speak to anybody in that language it's very very hard so you have to have some something to, to work on so i was like okay well let's, let's just try this and we'll try the youtube thing and we'll just see and i started off in a really horrible video editing software which i think is i think it's designed for actual films it's called uh lightworks i think oh, okay I can't remember now. lightwave um no i think was it? I think it's called Lightworks. It, yeah. it was apparently apparently they they made like Wolf of Wall Street or something. It's like it's for doing like actual like cinematography yeah. stuff. <laughs> but putting like putting arrows on and like text annotations is not its thing at all. So <laughs> oh, I used this thing for ages. It used to take me hours. It used to take me hours and hours and hours to put together the most basic thing, oh, like to bring up a map and put that arrow on and all this stuff. 
Um, but over time, I got better and quicker. And but I was like, I need to change something else. And um, my sister had a, a spare license to the Adobe Creative Cloud. So she was yeah. like, well, you can use Premiere if you want, because I have it as part of my package. So I was like, okay. Um, she'd like used it a bit, but it's probably like the thing that she's the least familiar with out, yeah. out of that kind of stuff. Like she's a Photoshop expert and all this other stuff. But um, the video things, I was like, oh, I could probably, you know, I can learn that myself. It's fine because I've already done enough in this other one to kind of understand. And right. yeah, it was, it was so much more intuitive when I got onto Premiere. But I think as time went on, it became more apparent to me that for somebody who's like working full time and has like other commitments, YouTube actually is really quite flexible mm -hmm. because for streaming, you have to really have a time blocked out. Yeah. You're going to be on and that's it. You're going to be on for that time and you're going to be on every week at that time. Yep. Um, and, you know, if you're busy in the week, it's like well, it's either going to be late or it's at the weekend, which means yep. you're doing it every weekend. I was doing it every Saturday before. Um, which means if anything happens on Saturday, you'd have to move it, cancel it, like yeah. not go. And it just it just creates like problematic um, issues yeah. <laughs> in your life. It yeah. did, at least for me. And, um, you, and you can't just go for a half hour or an hour. You need to be on there for two to three hours to just get momentum going. Yeah, that's the thing. Like people need to pull in and find you and stuff. Like you look at the, the viewership curve anyway, and it's like, you know, the first hour is just like a straight line. Um, as you reach kind of towards where you naturally get to. And then some people dip, some people come in, right. and it eventually like levels out to where you're supposed to be. Whereas like YouTube's completely different, right? You could be like writing a script on the train. Right. And then you could be thinking of ideas. And mm -hmm. then you do like you do a recording and then you might edit it over three days. Yeah. And then you're finished on Thursday. You post it up on, on YouTube, scheduled Saturday, four PM, off it goes. Right. And while you're busy doing something else, out it goes onto the internet. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a lot more um Flexible. Yeah, it's flexible. It's the, yeah. only, it's the only real word for it. Like, it's, yeah. just, it's so much more compatible with so many other things. And yeah, you can do the work when you want to, um, rather than having to have these like set slots. So that kind of lent itself much, much more to it. And once I started doing the YouTube, yeah, like, it did take a while to get momentum. It just does on YouTube. But you know, once I had some momentum there, then people started coming over to Twitch to be like, oh, let's check him out on Twitch. I like his yeah. content. You know, and it's and it's just the natural way of things. So mm -hmm. my, you know, my streaming and Twitch channel is like entirely based upon the YouTube audience. Yeah, and then some people find me through other means. Like one one fun thing is that Scav Talk's kind of taking its own. Like sometimes people come into the stream and they're just like, "Hey, you know, love the love the podcast. Found you through Scav Talk. Amazing." I'm like, "Oh, that's so cool!" Because it's like <laughs> its own entity. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. Like people looking for like Tarkov podcasts. They haven't necessarily even seen like my channel. Yeah. And they like find Scav Talk first, and then you know they. That's right. the kind of content they like to consume. You know, if they're doing like long drives or whatever, yeah. then maybe they don't have time to watch like ten minute YouTube videos. It's just like a different medium. Yeah. Um. So that's that's kind of fun. But yeah, it's it it takes a, it takes a while for for YouTube to kick yeah. off. But that's that's really how it started. It was kind of like me thinking about streaming, seeing mm -hmm. how hard it was, and then realizing actually YouTube is a lot better for me. Um, yeah. And it's it's better for for a lot of reasons actually. Like YouTube is is pretty cool actually. I'd, yeah. yeah I'd, I'd, I read well, YouTube. Yeah, especially with all the the you know the noise or the fuss that you're hearing from Twitch now with how they're just, you know how they're sh doing the profit sharing or how you're making mm. money off it, and also the discoverability off it. You you know if you you need to do more than just Twitch, you need to have YouTube or TikToks to bring people in there because if you're streaming Tarkov, you're going through ten fifteen pages for somebody to find you. Exactly, exactly. It's really really tough. Yeah. Um, and it's that question of how do I get out of you know, being two or three viewers, how do I even get into a place where somebody could find my content? Like people can't even try your content, right? Because they will never even find you in the first place. And yep. Twitch just never invested in any kinds of discoverability tools that, in fairness, 
are hard to build, right? And that's yeah. why they didn't do it because you need like a full search engine. You need to have automatic tagging of keywords or whatever, you know, analyzing the way that what people yeah. talk about and trying to then suggest that to the right people. And you've got A-B testing of what you show them and how long people stay on the platform. Like, it's really complicated. So oh, yeah. I understand why they didn't do it. But all the other platforms like the, you know, the Googles with the YouTube and the yeah. Facebooks and um, everybody else, the, the TikToks, are doing this stuff. Yeah. And that's fundamentally the problem, right? And it's the thing about YouTube is that you can get started on YouTube by making content that people want to know the answer to, even if they don't know who you are. Right. You know, you yep. can answer questions people want to know the answer to, and they'll be like, oh, here's a video. I type it in, and here's a video about the question that I've asked. Yeah. I don't know who this dude is, but he's answering the question, so I'll just watch the video. And then if they like it, then they get suggested some more stuff. Yep. So, you know, watch the whole thing. And then it kind of snowballs from there, right? It's like there's there's natural progressions through to discoverability. And and, and it's and as I said, it's, it isn't easy, which is why they haven't done it. But it's yeah. ultimately why I think the platform will not, it's not necessarily fail, but it's just like the structure is what the structure is. It's a right. kingmaker system where everyone pulls into the top. So it's just, it's a nightmare to start on Twitch. And the best advice for starting on Twitch <laughs> is don't start on Twitch, which is like, it's a big failing, right? If they want to pull yeah. in new streamers. Yeah, absolutely. So let me first say, you know, your videos, I love your videos. They're so technical and, but they explain things, you know, easily so you can understand and and you know things that if especially if you're just starting out in the game it's you know it's full of detail it's, you're almost like the the uk version of veritas when it comes to tarkov videos you know just with your details your scientific mind how you approach things it's it's awesome i'd like well, i'd like to think so that's a that's very high praise you know yeah. he's got such a long-standing um credibility within the community i'd like to to feel that you know i could come somewhere close into that realm but yes. I, yeah. I know what you mean in terms of mindset i think um you know veritas creator i looked up to for a, a long time just because the way that he portrays information and mm -hmm. the I, I think there's the interesting the interesting thing for me about veritas is kind of how like how principled he is about the content that he produces yeah he's probably more principled than me like he he's he's the He's very, very pure with the way that he does his stuff. Like, he will only make content about the thing when he's really passionate about it or thinks it's, like, something really, really interesting. Yeah. And then when he's investigating it, he will spend as long as it takes to make sure that he knows absolutely everything about that. Yeah. I do tend to take a slightly more pragmatic approach, partly because I guess, like, I'm not in the same position, right? So, like, I have to be... I'm still trying to build the channel up and like right. you know, just keep things floating. Like, yeah, hey, I, I want to make a certain volume of videos because otherwise it's just like it's just tricky. So, I, I think we're on kind of the same wavelength. I, yeah, I think we're on the same wavelength. It's one of those funny things. Like, I'd actually, I'd actually really quite like to meet him in person because, um, I, I think, I think we'd get on. I actually, I actually oh, do think we'd get on. Absolutely. Like... <laughs> yeah, I could tell you right now, you guys would totally just gel. Like when you were telling me your background, and I've, I've had, I've met him a couple of times and just talked to him a bunch, and you definitely, you know, the minds are are very similar. The technical, scientific minds, like you guys could go down a rabbit hole, and anybody listening would have no clue what you're talking about, just because it's just like you guys be going, you know, way, way, way down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it's, it's quite funny. Like, I had a, a comment on a recent YouTube video that made me laugh, actually, and someone was like, I like the video, but uh, damn, sometimes I feel like coming to your channel is like going to math class. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, I get it. Like, I, I try, to, try to not do that, but, you yeah. know, it's, sometimes it's just inevitable, depending on what, the, what video it is. Yeah, um, absolutely. So now, you know, what have been, what's been some of the toughest things about being that, you know, content creator creating videos or going live for you? 
especially just focusing on one one game in particular toughest things about kind of being that sort of scientific and like factual creative yeah, or just creating your videos like okay how do you approach you know coming up with a video i guess i guess i'm kind of in a, a, a process these days um so it's kind of more streamlined but i have basically anytime like anybody asks anything and i'll do this like live as well it's like yeah. people are asking about stuff or i have an idea about whatever i just like write it down i have a big list of yeah. things and when I'm thinking, okay, what are we going to look at next? And I kind of like look through the list for inspiration, like scroll through. Like, oh, is this interesting? Is this interesting? Yeah. It's like, there's way more to investigate than you could like ever have time to. And some of the things are either like not worthy of investigation or they're just kind of boring topics. There's yeah. not much point. But I eventually I leave them there because sometimes they give you like better ideas later, right. that kind of thing. Um, but like once I've kind of picked something that I think, okay, Let's now just go and like research everything. Let's go research everything about this. I think I think the weapons ones are probably the uh, the easiest because I've kind of got that format down pretty much. And, like, yeah. All the information is 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 pretty much public, um, and you might need to do a few tests here and there to show things. But yeah, it's like okay, so like we'll go to the wiki page and see like okay, what's all the different mods? What's like the lowest recoil version that you can get? What's the you know what kind of what's the the min maxi version? Are there any variants? You know, if you if you do this, then what kind of different ergo and recall profiles does this get get you to like yeah. does that actually matter you know does does an ergo of 20 versus 30 does that actually make any difference like you're hitting ads breakpoints or not like is there any is there any actual point in right in doing this or that and then you've got the cost side too um so it's kind of like just looking into everything like are there any barters like there's, there's so many like little check boxes that i have mm -hmm. just automatically in my head now it's like normally going to the wiki page will do because that like it shows you is it are there any quests requiring it are there any quests that it give that you get get it afterwards yeah like are there any barters are there any crafts like is there any other like special things required and then obviously the big part in tarkov right is the second piece which is the ammo side which then delves yes. into a whole other section of, mm -hmm. of whatever it's like okay we'll use the basic <laughs> ammo chart first there's so many different factors we've got like we've got the damage we've got the pen previously fragmentation <laughs> I, I kind of avoid that now because it seems to be a bit screwed so i'm not yeah. sure but then you've got like the round velocities of each one We've got the whole separate site of from Tarkov Ballistics, which shows you, you know, at different distances, 100 meters, how how much pen and damage mm -hmm. you're going to have at 200 meters, how much pen and damage. You know, is the drop off between the two between different rounds that might mean that you pick something that's like lower rather than yeah. higher, and then just try to like mesh all these things together. So I like take all of these bits and then write a script that's like coherent. And I do literally write out 95% of my videos like in a Google Doc. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, well, once it's ready, I just, like, read it out and then go and edit it. And I think editing editing is it's probably my least favorite part in some ways. Getting yeah. started editing is my least favorite part. Once I'm in the flow, it's actually not too bad. Yeah. Um, but it just it just takes so long, honestly. <laughs> if you want to make a good video, it just takes so long. Yeah. It's, uh, it's oh. crazy. I like to do it the way you want. It's, like, it's, it's tough. Because especially if, if you want to do all the things that you... Th think are going to make a video good yeah then it's it's kind of like okay okay well you do like first pass okay fine so you make sure that like nothing is black yeah at any point right so you got it filled with stuff and it's like okay when well, i need to annotate that information so if i'm talking about pen i need to bring up a table well do i just want to bring the table up do i want to fade it in do I right to, like, zoom it in if i want to zoom it into i need a little sound effect so that goes behind that and there's like lots of little things that people don't notice but like once you're making videos all the time you kind of notice in other people's videos too and you're like oh you use that cool sound effect when you did this mm -hmm. um which are i guess like if you're just going to watch a movie you don't necessarily see all the film techniques that they're that they're using which is like right. I know, i'm not a professional filmmaker 
Um, but you start noticing the things that people do, and you go, yeah. okay, that actually, it, like, it adds weight to the scene if I do this thing, or it keeps yeah. people more interested if I do that thing. And then it's like adding the music afterwards, and then going back through, and like any embellishments and stuff. So it just it takes a while, and yeah. I've definitely progressed in in that editing thing. Like, I've got I've got all my videos that I've ever made on my channel, and um, I said th- I said this the other day, and someone commented on it. It's just like this is the first taco video gig we've ever made on my like very first video, <laughs> and it's literally just like windows you know movie maker yeah. kind of thing just like cut with like a bit of sound and then like a piece of text comes up and then it's just like raid footage in you know 480p or some horrible <laughs> horrible format because uh back then everything was encoded on my cpu while i was playing or using a terrible pc oh so it was God. like it's, it's like you know block pixel encoding <laughs> awful shenanigans but you know you yeah. gotta start somewhere absolutely so, um, and now you know look Looking back since you first edited to today's editing, is there any step along the way that you like just you, you'd like, oh, wow, I didn't know how to do that. And now that was a big moment that really helped with your editing process. Um, I mean, one thing that really helped, which is, I mean, it seems silly, but I mean, it's uh, applicable in almost every field is templating. Yeah. You know, once you've got an effect or something that you use frequently, just just make it a template like don't make it over and over. If you've made something five times, mm-hmm. chances are you're going to use it again. Immediately put it into a, like a template so that you can just copy and paste it. You know? yeah. It's like quite a lot of the effect I have are kind of, um, I guess, canned now because it's like I've got a piece of text that I want to put in yeah. or whatever, and then I've got an effect somewhere else, and I just pull that in and then apply it over, and that's it. So I don't have to fiddle nice. around manually with keyframes and all this other rubbish because yeah. it just it wastes so much time not having templates. Honestly, it's crazy. So that's that's definitely one thing. Um, and then I guess the, the other part of it was just like that thing that you don't necessarily realize first when you're making videos of like, don't keep things static on the screen. Like it's right. just, it's, it's a, it's more of a like conceptual, like philosophical thing about keeping people's interest. Mm-hmm. But ultimately you could be talking to somebody about something like intellectual and quite complicated, yeah. but there's a second part of the brain that kind of needs to be fulfilled as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, we're, we're all layers upon the animalistic you know inner core yeah and uh, that animalistic inner core if things are static stationary whatever it's gonna get bored yeah. and that inter- interferes the whole flow of the process which is why you see people move stuff around zoom mm-hmm. things in have little sound effects because it just like keeps the brain interested it's yeah. just it's just an innate part of just like human psychology i think there's a lot of youtube and um, youtube video making and that kind of thing is about human psychology that people don't think about so it's kind of like oh you've got your you've got your content sure that's on the screen you've got your audio that goes with it yeah but then you've got this whole separate section about like the composition of the video right which is topic agnostic it's like is this video interesting to look at just as like as like an entity in and of right. itself like outside of what you say no matter no matter yep. what you like you could you could look at a video in japanese not speak any japanese and be kind of like oh this is like you know it's visually interesting yeah like it, i don't even know what they're saying um, but you'd, you'd know one vi- one video is interesting versus another that was like totally static. And like that concept was something that I just didn't think about for a mm-hmm. long time. And that really helped propel forwards kind of like the editing that I was doing. Because just that change of mindset about like keep people interested. And you can keep people interested not just with what you say, but yeah. also with what you show and how you show it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I had I had a um, I had Veritas on and we talked about like from basically from concept to like and subscribe and how he did his workflow. And he was talking about this one Japanese um, filmmaker from years ago. And he had so many good points. Like part of the reason why some of Veritas's videos, he had this black and white mode was because of things he learned from that that uh, Japanese filmmaker of drawing you know attention to something 
subliminally because not leaving a color, taking it black and white. And like you said, just keeping things interesting and, and moving. Yeah. 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 Totally. Exactly. Absolutely. So now what advice would you give to you know somebody who's creating his first videos for the first time? Make anything and don't worry too much about the final product. Yeah. Is the best, the best thing. I actually think, oh, I can't, I can't remember who said it now. I, Cause I wanted to say that it was, uh, I wanted to say it was Veritas. It actually might be, you know. I think it might be Veritas who said it. And I think he was talking to Jesse on a podcast like ages ago. I've, I've listened to the podcast since, I mean, basically episode one. I think yeah. I started listening to it about episode five or something. And I went back and listened to the first couple. So I've like I've listened to every single episode that they've made. Yeah. Um, just because, and I, so, some people say like, oh, you know, it's like too downer and da 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 whatever. It's like, you know, the guys are just being, they're just being real. Right. Which is what I prefer. And secondly... If you're a taco creator, I almost, because of these insights into, and, and also like personal connection with Nikita, yeah. I almost see it as kind of like necessary reading. You know what I mean? Like, you mm-hmm. almost, like there's information there that you, you will not hear anywhere else. Right. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's important. But anyway, I think they were talking about content creation one time between the two of them. And um, Veritas was kind of like, and I, I thought this was great, actually. He was just like, you basically just put out whatever you can, the best you can, but without going crazy and worrying too much about the final product because he's like the, the best thing is about youtube is if the video is total rubbish no one's gonna see it anyway right exactly so, so it's kind of like it's not like it's gonna suddenly blow up and everyone's gonna see how how, how awful you yeah. are right you're gonna get two views mm-hmm. so don't be so self-conscious because if it's bad yeah no one's gonna watch it right so don't worry absolutely <laughs> um but people get paralyzed in this kind of like fear of like making stuff and yeah really I, I don't think I got over 50 views for the first 20 videos or yeah. something. Like, it's super, super tough. So you just have to, you have to make. And also, imagine, like, your very first video goes goes viral. Like, you're not ready. No. Yeah. You've got nothing else on your channel mm-hmm. either. So you need to have a backlog of content. So you want to have, you know, 10 things, really, that are out there. And when I very first started making videos, I did, I think I did five really short. And I just called them, I called them, like, Tarkov Top Tips or something. And yeah. they're, like, some of the earliest, like actual edited ones that I did rather than just bits of like playing around. Yeah. And I think I did five I very early on when I said, right, I'm going to start doing this and this is the, the start date and I'm going to be doing two videos a week. But to start with, I'm going to post a video every day and it's just going to be a Tarkov tip and it's going to be a minute long or yeah. two minutes long or whatever. So that if then when a real video goes out, people come, there's some other stuff that they can look at. Yeah. It might be short or whatever, but there needs to be some other things. So once you've got the ball rolling, then it's much easier to then be consistent. And then uh, I think in the early days, you just kind of stick with your schedule because it keeps you uh, on track because yeah. um, you've kind of got a deadline for yourself. Um, and people, people, do people like consistency? It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. Um, I think that it's, it's a double-edged sword. Like, I think it's really good when you're starting out because you just need that impetus to just like keep posting and yeah. you need more videos. I think when you get bigger... I th- I do feel like you can probably break away from a dedicated schedule if you wanted to. Like, yeah. I feel like I'm probably at the, the stage where I probably can. Like, if you look at someone like, um, like One Peg's channel, for example, yeah, he just posts like when he has something to post, right? Which is totally fine. There's, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, and when you're at a size where people are gonna, you know, the people who are gonna watch your stuff are gonna watch the stuff no matter when it comes, exactly. Yeah. Then it doesn't matter so much. And I think I probably could do that. I like working this way because it just fits with the way that I, I yeah. do things, and it kind of keeps the momentum of the channel rumbling and it keeps me going as well because i I like having like a you know set pattern of things to do but um i think in the early days it's important to do that i I do just to yeah just to keep getting that road running under your under your feet and 
have stuff there for people. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you're recording your audio, are you and you you flub? Do you restart it over, or do you just keep going and make one flat audio track, and then you just cut it up after? So I, yeah, so I I redo it, but um, I cut my so I have probably I do mine in ten to twenty second chunks. Yeah, something like that. So I'll do a piece and then stop it and yeah. then I'll start again and then I'll do the next piece, stop it, start it, go to the next piece. So, so I'll, I'll stop and start even if I haven't made a mistake, if yeah. that makes sense. And then at the end, I'll literally just like throw it all together and then I will go, th- that's the very, very first thing that I do is I go through and I trim the spacing. Right. So to make it um, just like natural as if I was yeah. speaking normally. Um, and that's, I just, I know some people, especially Jesse, I know Jesse does this, so he, he just does it. Yes. And then if he makes a mistake, he just stops and then he restarts. Right. I find that really tough. Um, and I think it's partly like the scripted versus unscripted thing yeah. too, because like, because I've got it all ready yeah. um, and it's, and it's very kind of precise there that I think I'd just rather like stop the recording, delete it, start again from the beginning. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just easier for me to do it that way. Yeah. But yeah. I've just been doing it like that for, for a while. Like I haven't done an unscripted video for, a, for a long time actually. Yeah. Um, ah. Yeah, I always I always like hearing and, and seeing other people's workflows, how they do things, because you never know what, like you said earlier, mm. it's like you never know what you may pick up when you watch a video. Oh, yeah, let me, you know, that's how they did that, or, you know, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah, no, it's cool that way. So now from a, a Twitch standpoint, you know, you, you brought up a good point earlier, like, you know, when you're making your first video, you don't want it to blow up because, you know, you, you've, you've got... You've got no experience or whatnot. Same with mm. Twitch. If you're just starting out, you've got five viewers, and next you know you get raided with a you know a ten thousand raid hap, ten thousand viewer raid hap, and you're not ready for that. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think like people can freeze up and stuff. Like, I guess like maybe it gets easier over time. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard. Like my relationship with Twitch is kind of kind of weird because yeah. I've had some like big ish raids, like nothing, nothing like super crazy, but you yeah, know, decent sized raids. I think the biggest one recently uh i think toast rack um it was like 600 or something yeah and it's you know it's it's big and it's definitely big for my channel too i feel like there's something about the youtube side that makes it so much easier to deal with the numbers on twitch the numbers on twitch seem so so small in comparison which is actually kind of like helpful mentally Mm -hmm. because it means that rather than being like oh huge raid like you know lock up whatever it doesn't really bother me that much i'm just kind of like oh hey everybody you know Thanks for joining the, joining yeah. the thing, you know, thanks to whoever it was who did the raid, like, right, let's just carry on with what we were doing kind of thing. So yeah. like, try not to let it inter- interrupt the, the flow too much. Um, now, do you think that's because your main focus is on YouTube versus your main focus is on Twitch? If your main focus is on Twitch, would that, you know, effect be different? Maybe, maybe, because, yeah, Twitch for me, I don't like, I look at the metrics sometimes, but you know, it's much more... Like, I'm just playing the game and there to just, like, chill out. And right. I'm not too stressed about, you know, which streams on which days had which numbers or yeah. which viewers or anything like that. Like, I'm I'm much more concerned about, you know, which videos get mm-hmm. what kind of viewership. It matters a lot more to me yeah. personally as well. Um, and so I guess in that way, it is, it's easy to deal with if you're, like, slightly less invested. Um, right. Because, yeah, Twitch is, like, Twitch is that thing for me. It's always been that thing for me of... I would be playing anyway. Mm-hmm. I may as well be playing with the community they're watching. And I've come to really, really enjoy playing solo yeah. with chat. Yeah. Actually really, really cool. Like I I prefer playing solo with chat than I than I like playing just solo on my own. Yeah. Like it's it's way better with Twitch chat there. 
Oh, um, totally. Yeah, because you got like your your friends with you <laughs> watching and just you know you're just having banter while you play Tarkov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's quite funny actually. Like I'm I'm one of the few channels where backseating is practically encouraged <laughs> because so many people hate backseating and feel like, oh you know people are getting into my, yeah. my vibe and stuff um but sometimes like I, I get saved by chat all the time They're like no you're going the wrong way you've got you, <clears throat> you know you're extracted to the other side and yeah. stuff like honestly I, I get saved constantly by chat i'm just like guys what would i do without you like, i've been i've been the wrong place all yeah. the time so you know I'm, I'm totally happy for people to you know put suggestions in because ultimately for me i guess like I, i'm not I'm not tied to doing whatever anybody says, you know, it's just, yeah. it's just suggestions for people. So I just like read through them. I'm just like, mm, nah, I'm going to do it this way because of, yeah. you know, da da da. And um, I think that's the thing. Maybe people are like, maybe not afraid is the wrong word, but they don't want to say no. And it's puts them in a like awkward spot or whatever. But I, I feel quite happy just being like, oh, yeah, that's a good suggestion. But like, yeah. I'm going to do it this way because this is just what we're doing today. Yeah. Um, like we were talking about Tudor Born in Heaven today. And I was like, oh, I'm going to bring the AXMC. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't think that's really a very good shootable gun. And I was like, well, you could argue this and there's bullet velocity and stuff. And I was like, ultimately, I kind of agree with you. I just want to get some clips with this gun because I'm going to make a video about it soon. So, you know, I, I'm going to I'm just going to use it. And yeah, I've got some sort of semblance of an excuse of like, maybe we'll go for a headshot or whatever with it. But yeah, um, so that kind of that does make it easier. I mean, on a related note, you're talking about advice for people starting on YouTube. Do not like it's it's impossible, but do like do not take the comments to heart. Like, it's oh. just so it's so hard it's hard it's not so to. hard but just like if it don't take the comments to heart it's it feels personal it's like you just you need yeah. to answer replies like yeah it's like i don't yeah i don't know how people like i'll get maybe a few comments here and there nothing negative but when you get that negative one it's you know it kind of smarts like i'm not thick yeah. enough to or big enough it's like ah yeah just blow it off but it's just like hey or like you know to me it's like um, but it's like, you know, I'll make a, a, a TikTok and it's in my head, oh, this thing's going to be awesome. How? And it's like, oh, five views. What's wrong? You know, it's like, you know, yeah, yeah you know, things like that. It's, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's very hard to not to get in your head about stuff. But like some people could be really mean sometimes. Yeah. And I, I think like I had to change it because it used to really bother me, right? It's like you get a hundred comments and one of them is like super nasty and 99 of them are, are fine and it's mm -hmm. obviously that one that just like drills into your brain yeah and it's just that you know the human tendency to outweigh like bad news or somebody being yeah. horrible to you or whatever um and it was just like eventual change of mentality of like any any comment and any interaction is good for the channel and it is good for the video yeah and once you have that mentality you're just like bring on bring it on i feed on the hate yeah I feed on your hatred you just make me stronger you know <laughs> Go on. The worst thing that somebody can do is see your video and then just ignore it completely. Yep. That's, the, that's the worst thing. That's the absolute worst <laughs> thing. The person commented, they cared so much. Well, they watched the video, they cared so much that they commented on it. Yeah. And that's how they like they felt so strongly. You managed to get such an emotional response out of someone. Maybe you're doing something right, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, well, being ignored is the worst thing within kind of a social media yeah. business. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, totally. getting, getting a response of some kind is, is definitely the, yeah. the thing. So, you know, it's uh, that... I, I suffered with that a little bit for for a while. I think a lot of people never really get over it. Yeah. I would like to think I'm pretty good at it now. Um, and also, the other thing is just like not uh, not giving those people the satisfaction by replying. I like yeah. I mean, these days. I actually try to like reward the people who post the nicest comments by writing something specific. Yeah. And ignoring the people who are writing the crappy comments because yeah. they don't deserve the time. They don't deserve the attention. And the people who do deserve the time and attention are the people who actually love your channel. They're there all the time, who you recognize as constant yeah. posters, who are always there on every video. Those are the people that you should be writing comments to. Those are the people that you should be spending your time with and rewarding those people because yeah. those are the people who are ultimately going to help you long term 
these other guys are just there to take a cheap shot. So. Right. Yep. Actually, it's, uh, your friend and my friend, uh, Airwing Marine, he says, "Oh, it's it's engagement. All comments are good. Mm. You know, interact with them, and you get more. You know, get more interacts. <laughs> like, I don't know about that." <laughs> yeah, there is that. There is that psychology too. I I, I tend not to with the negative ones, but uh, yeah, each each their own. Yeah, absolutely. So now, you know, when we're talking Tarkov, how did you find the game? What was your path to it? So I guess we did like early years stuff. So for me, I have been playing basically, as I said before, like an FPS game and yeah. a strategy game pretty much all the time, like all the way through from having a PC. Um, and on the strategy side, I went from Dawn of War through to what happened after that? Then I played Command and Conquer, um, then Red Alert 3, yeah. so Command and Conquer 3, then Red Alert 3. Then dabbled with a bit of StarCraft 1 because StarCraft 2 was coming out. Played a lot of StarCraft 2. Um, and then ended up from there, like, funneling. It, that was kind of around the time of university, so like, I ended up getting really busy and, and kind of, like, I meant, like, how bit. did you find but, it? Like, what was your, like, you know, you're you're playing all these games and then Tarkov, mm. you found Tarkov. How did you find it? Like, did you come from PUBG and somebody yeah, mentioned exactly, it? Or? Exactly. So, the, so the the other branch was the the, the CS source into modern and Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the original one, and then into PUBG afterwards. Yeah. So there was a, a stint of Dota, but like PUBG was what I was playing prior to Tarkov, and we've been playing it for a while. I think we played PUBG for like three years, me and my yeah. friends. And so you know, played for a while. It was like honestly, it was it was, it was great. We actually came from. Uh, the original mod for Daisy, the one that was on the Armor Two engine. Yeah. Um, I never actually played Armor Two, but I played the the Daisy mod a lot, and from there, PUBG kind of like struck a chord with us because it's you know the distilled essence of what Daisy is with um, making more arcadey without taking literally forever because yeah. Daisy takes such a long time. Um, and I was kind of like looking around for other games. I think we would we were getting not fed up of PUBG, but we just like we just played a lot of it, you know. Yeah. And we were like looking around for some new things to play. Um. And I was just like browsing about for for stuff, and I was like, oh, I've seen I've seen people talking about this like Escape from Tarkov for a bit. I was like, let me just do some investigations. Like I had a look at it myself. I was like, hmm, this looks kind of interesting. It's got some like fun economic elements and stuff, which like really appealed to me. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna buy it. And so I, I bought it and played it for a week or something. Yeah. Before I, I said to all my mates, I was just like, guys, I found this amazing game. Like I bought it and I've been playing it for a week already. Um. And that's basically how I found it. It was just like a kind of a, a lull period after PUBG. Yeah. Um, lo and behold, like everybody bought it. We all played like one wipe. One of my friends really, really enjoyed it with yeah. me. And we played like three wipes and we got Kappa and all this stuff. And uh, now it's basically just me playing because no one else wants to play the game anymore. Because, <laughs> you know, fair enough, right? Everyone yeah. else says, you know, I don't have time to, to get that involved in it. And every time I go anywhere, I just get one tapped in the head without seeing who I'm, who I'm playing yeah. against, which is... The new player experience, right? It's Absolutely. The way. Yeah. Until you learn everything, that's just how it goes. Yeah. And now, so. what is the hook that the game has on you and it still has on you after all these years? Originally, it was definitely the flea market. Yeah. It was definitely the part that made me extra interested. I think also I'm quite... Um, I mean, masochistic is the wrong word, but just like self-masochism in terms of video games. I've always kind of enjoyed the challenge of stuff mm -hmm. that's like super hard. If people, if, let's put it this way. If people are like, this game is really, really difficult. I'm like, you got me interested. You yeah, know? That, that's kind of where it begins. Um, and I've played like, you know, a few tricky games. I'm actually not a big Souls guy, interestingly. I'm not, just because I haven't, in, in, I just haven't played, I haven't played Elden Ring. I need to, I need to go back and play <laughs> that. But um, just, I just, it just passed me by. But yeah. Um, yeah, I played some like nightmarish games in the past, and I think the fact that it had such this like 
legendary status as being so hard. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where it's like, I can be one of the guys that beat it, you know, and, yeah. and then plays it and, and it's not, you know, not necessarily easy for you, but you just like, you know, you know how the game's played. Like, I, I enjoy the process of going from knowing nothing yeah. to feeling like you're getting mastery of something. Like, I, I have a, another friend who, he plays like every game. He's like, his Steam library must be, you know, <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds. But he's like, he's playing this one day and this yeah. one day. And then sometimes he'll jump back to, he, he's actually probably the one who's most likely to play Tarkov because sometimes he'll be like, yeah, I'm just in that kind of mood or there's a new wipe or I'll just right. see, what's, see what's new. Whereas I'm very much, a, you know, I played Dota for four years. Then I played PUBG for three years. Yeah. Now I've played Tarkov for five years. And like, it's, <laughs> it's all I do. Like, I just do the, the one thing. And yeah. I'm, it's just psychologically part, partly the way I am. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, the flea market itself, really was the thing that drew me in i loved playing around on the flea market pre finding raid yeah i think it's good for the game that finding raid is there mm-hmm. but that's not to say that i do miss the you know the, it's, it's the little money, technical yeah. things yeah the little yeah. technical things like you could you could buy an ak off the flea for 20k mm-hmm. you could take the handguard off that somebody had left on sell that for 20k but buy a new handguard for 100 rubles uh-huh. and then sell the ak for 20k and then you made 20k you know it's like all of those shenanigans really yeah. appealed to me um but like for the the long term and the longevity is mostly just around the complexity and the technicalities within it like there's so many things to do so many things to understand and i like i like mastering things that are complex like there's still stuff a testament to the channel in itself right is that there's still so many things to investigate that like i don't know about yeah it's it's so so crazy yeah so crazy and like and even the guys who play all day and the streaming all day they may know the game immaculately but they don't necessarily know all the technical aspects right exactly no one person knows the whole game which to me is quite intriguing yeah especially (laughs) with the amount of people amount of content creators involved in this community you're you Mm -hmm. absolutely correct and uh yeah it's 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 something special and now what's what is now here's here's a good question what is your opinion or what is your state of tarkov or your thoughts on the state of tarkov right now okay let's put it this way i think tarkov gets a really a really hard rap mm-hmm. because yes there are bugs and yes there are problems that are seasoned players you you notice and understand yeah. or know or have to play around or whatever but the way the game is now the changes that have been made since it's 12-12 to the economy and the way that the progression works have made the game way better on each wipe cycle. Yeah. We're still stuck with the wiping style economy, mm-hmm. right? It's just the economy just flies out of control into, yeah. you know, the last like three, four, five months and, and then requires a wipe to really continue. Otherwise, reset, it's just, yeah. It's just stale. It just needs that right now. Yeah. Um, and so for me personally, that's probably where the, the biggest work needs to be done, either in continuing to slow that down without breaking the early game yeah because as we said before like the the new player experience is already really tough so you, yeah. you don't want to change that but the new wipe experience for people who played seven wipes is pretty easy yes right it's like it feels quite straightforward it feels straightforward to make money i remember when i first started playing and it is a bit different now because they have changed the loot and whatnot but the map just felt barren there's like nothing there right yeah you, know, you, you get, it was even compared to something like PUBG, like wandering to building there's a gun there da, da, da. So it's like finding a gun in tarkov when you don't know where any of the oh, God, yeah. spawns are. it is hard mm-hmm. really hard <clears throat> and only when you realize that the game's really not structured that way and you don't get the guns there you get the guns from the fleet and you get guns from the traders you really start to understand it so yeah. that's for me the biggest thing to 
to kind of like tie off is this is this end game like what, what happens with this end game um there were some like cheap fixes like prestige and that kind yeah. of stuff which like maybe can help but fundamentally that doesn't fix the fact that there aren't enough money sinks at the end of the game yeah. and all of that kind of stuff but but all of that said right like you can pick up eft as a new player and you can play like 200 300 hours and have an absolutely amazing time yeah. and i think that's kind of a feat in and of itself right it's yes. like very few games that you know even if you just said oh well, you're gonna buy this game and it costs you however much for a standard yeah. account and you're gonna get 300 hours of gameplay people will be like that's sick absolutely you know? but like we as the seasoned veterans expect after three four thousand hours we expect still to be able to play it endlessly and be yeah. endlessly entertained it's it's not easy no it's like well here's here's how i equate my vet my dollar towards a any type of entertainment you go see a movie over here it's twenty dollars two hour movie ten dollars an hour okay if i get two hours of entertainment for my twenty dollars really to break even on a base edition of tarkov five to ten hours you're 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 now you've broken even you've gotten your money's worth from an entertainment mm. standpoint 300 hours for like you said for somebody the average new person dude I, yeah i'll take that in a heartbeat and yeah we are spoiled with thousands of hours in a game i can luckily i still have a, a feeling where i can fire this up and i'm still having fun that's yeah tarkov doesn't owe me anything at this point exactly exactly and that was one of the reasons why yeah, you know, I think it was my third wipe when I upgraded to EOD because I was like, <laughs> I've played so much of this, you know. <laughs> and yeah, you know, I'd I've done two wipes with the the little case, so like I know yeah. I've done it. So me personally, I I don't feel bad about upgrading to this thing, and I've got enough hours in it that it definitely justifies it, and it's a permanent upgrade. I I hate non permanent up like paying for non permanent stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, back when I played World of Tanks, you could increase the size of your garage, and I was just like, I'll pay for that. That's fine. But like, I'm not paying for like premium rounds or anything like that. There's no, no, no chance. Like right. anything that's kind of a permanent, like quality of life upgrade, I feel kind of okay with um, yeah. in some sense, as like a just as a user of these things. Um, yeah. But like, yeah. Otherwise, no. But yeah, it's 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 very very difficult. I mean, some people are saying like, oh, it's the worst state Tarkov's ever been in. I mean, I just think it's really unfair. I just don't think it's true. Like, there's there's big 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 things that need to be fixed, and yeah, I do think that the priority needs to be the networking, the audio. And the AI, yeah, that's like the three big priorities. Those are the things that need to be fixed. If they could resolve all of those things on a wipe, yeah, people would be excited to play, even if there was no new content. And the cheating, the cheating is a that's you know that's a tough yeah, that's one true. to that's that's a tough one because I don't think any other game hurts as much as it does in Tarkov when you just you, you're unsure about that kill, like you know you're just like that was that was suspicious. Yeah. The problem with Tarkov is that it's the, the perfect place to do the cheating because of the whole RMT and the monetary gain from it. So it's yeah. there's a there's a there's a business model there because right. you can buy new copies and it's just a cost of doing business because people actually pay you for the stuff. Like in, in most in most games there's no ramification for winning or whatever, right? You right. just like you you hack or cheat to to win. Yeah. And we see that in other games. It's enough of a rationale for people to do it in the first place, which I mean it's crazy, but yeah. That's enough of a rationale for people to do it in the first place. And so if that's enough in like Warzone, right. then Tarkov with its it's got an actual closed loop economically where people can make money. Yeah. Like it's no it's obvious that people are gonna do that. Yeah. Um, and it, then it, on the flip side, because of that, it stings the most when you get killed by them because you actually the, the gear means something too. So it's like but it's all wrapped up in the same thing. If the gear didn't mean anything, then the cheating right. wouldn't matter as much, blah blah blah, right? It's like yeah. it's all it's all the same problem. Um 
I often forget about cheaters because maybe where I play, how I play, yeah, um, means that I very, very, very rarely run into it. I obviously don't deny that it's a problem because mm -hmm. I see the clips and I see the people complaining yeah. and I know it's different on different servers. I feel like I feel a bit blessed, like EU West. I often run like min maxi budgety kits, even when like you know, relatively towards the end game. I tend not to run like super meta kits. Yeah. Um, and I don't. I'm not a huge looter. I'm much more of a like. I'll go and quest, but I'll, I'll go and do some PvP or yeah. whatever. It's like I'm not just the guy who's going to be going to tech light every single right. you know, yeah. raid and like rushing in for the high value hotspots and all this kind of stuff. So I just tend not to run into them very often. Mm -hmm. And so I often do forget about it, actually, about that yeah. about that problem, just because it's so much less of a problem for me than it is for so many other people. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's it's a blessing for me, but um, no, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's you're you're 100 right because I I'm the same way. I haven't ran into a whole lot of cheaters, but it's you know, is it because I run at night? I like playing interchange. I don't go labs. I you know, I don't. I'm not a shift W. It's just. Your mm. style of play maybe dictates on how often you, you feel like you've been cheated. Yeah, I think it definitely does. I mean, speaking to the guys who play the Shift W play yeah. style, running full meta kits and running to the hotspots, you know, they're they're kind of um, competing with the guys doing RMT who are trying to hoover up the good loot, right? Right, yeah. Whereas somebody like me isn't. Like they're, they're loot, And also their kits are valuable in and of themselves too, yeah. as well as the hotspots they're trying to go to. And they're getting there quickly, so they're going to run into all the guys who are you know, right. the most yeah. suspect. Whereas for me, it's like my kit's not as valuable. I'm not going to those hotspots, yeah. and I'm not getting there quickly because I'm normally doing something else or going around the map or doing whatever. Yeah. So it's just yeah, it's just different. But yeah, um, yeah that's an issue as well. I mean, oh god, I mean that's a whole that's oh, a god. whole conversation of its own. I mean, it's it, it's sad to see some of the RMT restrictions causing right. angst within the player base about, especially people playing with groups again. That's one of the reasons why I forget, right? Because like I'm playing on my own, so yep. people being able to drop keys doesn't matter. Being able to drop items doesn't mm -hmm. matter. Like it's just it's not part of my Tarkov experience or my, my yep. Tarkov world. But definitely has a big impact on people playing with groups, and that's where you tend to see the most new players mm -hmm. because new players are often not playing solo, and so it it has a disproportionate effect upon like player acquisition for the game. I, I do think it is an issue. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because like yeah, that. that first new per, uh, that person who's trying to do that you know machine needs the machinery key okay i'm sorry i'm level 30 you're just starting out i can't give you this key we got to go do it mm. together and it's yeah it, it helps you know those new players and you're trying to sherp them along and whatnot yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's complicated but yeah i mean out, outside of that yeah they, they need to fix these issues but it's um i don't know like i have a good time playing yep. I'm, I'm very much a kind of We'll see what happens, and I just enjoy the process and you know, make the best of what we have, yeah. and that kind of thing. Rather than there's always going to be something to complain about. Oh, right? absolutely, it's human nature. Another... Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You remember back when people complain about the stutters all the time? Like, oh, I haven't yeah. heard one thing about stutters forever, really. Not yeah. not like proper hard stutters. I stumbled upon an old Deadly Slot video the other day when I was doing some research into something else. Yeah, and he, and he literally in the video clips he was going, you know, around the corner and then. Uh, yeah, and then carries on, you know, and it's proper, proper bad. Yeah, um, and that used to be, oh, fix this, fix this, fix this, and now, now we're now we're done with that. Now it's desync. Now it's yeah, desync but you know they're working on it. We've had a desync patch. I mean, I'm I'm not the best to judge desync anyway, so yeah, it feels okay. But I know some people are saying that it's ruined it, made it worse. I'm not sure. It's, yeah, and it's, it's very it, hard to know. It's hard to to you know, I guess, think ill of of the game because it's it's so good. 
they are they are really involved in the community as well. They do a lot of good things, I think, for for the community and helping a lot of the other content creators. Drops certainly helps, you know, mm. the content creators and and you don't know what's happening over there, whether you know the war is having an impact or there's there's so many so many things going on over there. So it's just enjoy the game exactly. for what it is right now. And if you if you're unhappy, play something else. There's a lot of options. Yeah, there's actually more options now than than ever. Yes. But I mean, I think I think the thing that struck me even when I first picked up Tarkov, people were like, oh, you know, the game's in beta, like you know, there's bugs and stuff. You have to be careful. And when I played it, I was like, I've played a lot of random betas in my time. This thing feels polished as hell. Yeah, like, it really does. Um, and people disagree about what tag or label to give it because it's not feature complete or whatever. But yeah, you know, from a, a technical standpoint of weapons fire, I know you get the hands bug sometimes, yeah. and blah blah blah. But like the systems in Tarkov are some of the most complicated within FPSs. Yeah, I give them a lot of passes for that because the, the game looks great. It's got yeah. great graphics. You know, the, the technicalities are amazing. Like even just the stoppages, the reloading animations, like, and they're trying to improve some of these things yeah. that they just want to improve. Like the running around, nobody asked them to improve the animations of players right, in, yeah. in the world. They just did it because they th- they thought it yeah. needed to be done. So yeah, yeah you know, things whole... like that tell you that they're passionate and that they're trying to do the oh, things completely. that they feel are necessary, not just the things that they think need to be done to like sell copies of the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the whole beta tag is is you look at Cyberpunk, you look at the last Battlefield game. You know that's. They were released. That's not beta, and they were you know crap games. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, exactly. absolutely. Like I've, I've played so many terrible betas with just <laughs> bugs everywhere. I think I think my like proving ground for for bugs was playing the original Daisy, the original yeah. Daisy mod. Like in that game, if you didn't handle your inventory correctly, you could literally delete weapons out of your inventory, and it was easy to do. Oh lord! In the in the in the uh, in, in the beta there, well, it yeah. wasn't it wasn't the beta, and it was just kind of like the the mod because it was so janky. Stuff yeah. would disappear through the floor. Like all of this type, kind of stuff, you know, you walk down a set of stairs and break your leg suddenly, and it was like, you know, it was critical in Daisy. It made, made a big difference. Oh god! Um, compared to something like that, that's kind of what I was expecting when I first launched the game. Yeah. And instead, it got this, you know, beautifully polished thing with like wonderful animations and like, yeah, there's some, you know, there's teething issues and a few core systems that mm-hmm. you only notice after however many hours. But right. At the first glance, I was like, this doesn't look like beta to me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So now let's talk Scav Talk. Uh, first of all, congratulations on such a wonderful podcast that's been going on. You're hitting, what, 60, 70 episodes at least? Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So how, where did, what made you start the podcast? So the podcast actually came about because Church messaged me on Discord, I think, and he basically just said, hey, I've seen your channel, like, watch your vids, Um would you want to have a, you know, are you down to have a conversation about the Tarkov economy at some point? Because, like, I'm I'm really interested in it, and it'd be really awesome to speak to you. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And I was like, well, you know, if we're going to have, like, a proper detailed conversation, like, do you mind if I just record it? Because if it's, if it's like, good, or we have a, a productive conversation, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know church, didn't know what it was going to be like. So I was like, yeah. if it's productive, and you have a good chat about things, and we come to some interesting conclusions then i might just throw it up on the channel and let's just see yeah um, and i was very much this is early days too with the channel as well so i was just kind of like in let's just put anything up mode and just like yeah. see, see how it performs you know if it does badly then now oh, so what we'll just move on and do something different so anyway we had this conversation i think it was like two hours of going around and about the flea market and dynamic traders and all this kind of stuff which is which is cool um and uh, i put it up on on the channel and he, he came back to me and was just like hey i'd like i'd really like to start like a you know proper podcast kind of thing yeah and um I got together like a group of people and there was there was a whole bunch of us actually and like airwing was in what one of the original uh the original oh, no casting. Way. <laughs> and we did 
the original thing there was a yeah there was about five of us and we were going to do them once every month yeah um and we did that for a couple of months but it was like so hard getting so many people uh-huh. together people at different schedules it was like really tough and church was like okay look i, I really want to turn this into something proper yeah but i've been reading around and i kind of need to you know really slim it down to you know probably just two people yeah and we need to be doing it every week yeah um and he was like look you know I, sp- I spoke to you first right at the beginning so like if you want if you want to do it then then we can do it um and i was like well, let me check let me check on the commitments and stuff because yeah. at the time you know doing the channel as well and i was taking it quite seriously so yeah. i was like i'm not sure if i'm gonna have time to do all these things so i was like okay look you know what like i'll do it if you if you like manage the channel basically and like you post the stuff up there then then sure then yeah. we can do it and that's basically how it started oh, wow. so um yeah after a couple of like group sessions then we ended up doing the first set with just me in church and yeah. uh yeah we just did it once a week and we've been going for yeah a while now um i think i don't i don't think we've though i think we skipped one week one time yeah. other than that we've yeah we've just made it work and done it every oh, week through this and that and the other bit so cool so and that's how yeah. you and church met was him basically just reaching out that one that that one time and that was it yeah him saying do you want to have a chat and i said yeah all right oh that's so cool <laughs> Which is great. Uh, and now I understand the connection with you and Airwing Marine of the early days of, of uh, Scav Talk. And then, because when he was on my pod, he suggested, he called you out as the person I should get on on this one. And it was just like, and I can see how you guys would connect so well because of the fina- you know, your financial background and digging into it just like, you know, he loves to dig into it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, we had uh, we had Ghost as well. Excellent oh, okay. Ghost. He was on the original cast as well, so... You know, in his channel every now and then. So there's like, there's a few people here and there. Yeah. That's oh. kind of like, you know, the, the OGs of it. But yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's fun. It's like kind of grown as time's gone on. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had like a few guests and this kind of thing. Like, it, it's funny though, because running a podcast is completely different. I mean, you, you know mm-hmm. all about this, right? Yeah. So like, it's so different to running like a long form YouTube channel, actually. Right. Um, and YouTube isn't necessarily even like the best place to or have no. it. It's like... The podcast platforms is where people expect to receive that kind of content yep. it's like the, the content kind of has to match the platform in some sense yeah um and so we do have you know a decent view viewer base on youtube and yeah to be honest i listen to most of the podcasts on youtube as well but i know there's a, a vast proportion of people that do that don't so yep. you need to be on another platform when using anchor or spotify or whatever right. it is that you use to post out to all these other places so it's kind of been like an interesting new journey of discovery doing something that's like the same but different you know it's the yeah. same topic it's a different type of content um, and trying to figure out what what happens there. I think the one big change that we made that actually made a big difference to our like YouTube journey with Scav Talk was um, Church was kind of pestering me for a while, being like, "Hey, I really think we should do something about our thumbnails." You know, we're, <laughs> we're like we're just like doing the same one every time. And yeah, it's just like two faces, and then just like the text. He's like, "I think I think we could do something else." Um, and then after I went like full time, um, he was like, "What do you think about this thumbnails thing?" And I was like. All right. Okay, I'll start making something else. <laughs> like, Church doesn't make them. I, don't, I think Airwing makes his own. So, oh, okay. Um, Church just does the video editing side. So he's like, I, I don't really make thumbnails. It's like not really my bag. Yeah. I was like, okay, I could probably throw. I could probably throw something together. But it's probably better than what we've got now. Yeah. Um, so I just like started. Just started make, putting thumbnails together, and the, and I think the first one that went super well was the one where we had Jesse on because we had yeah. Jesse in the first place. So that drew in some extra people. Plus, it was like quite a controversial topic. So we were talking about RMT and cheaters yeah. and stuff. So you could put like the perfect thumbnail. Oh up. yeah. So I was like my youtube hat on to like make the thumbnail and i was like oh, okay this did actually work and uh, we were like oh great it's like yeah i know it's partly jesse but also you know um, isn't it a, a lot more people it's a, it's amazing that the thumbnail makes a, it's just it, it's crazy. i don't get it yep 
Absolutely. It's so crazy. It makes such a difference. Like yeah. it's, it's it's mad, right? And because people, people are like looking at their recommended page, and it's like here's eight things, and it's like super glance value. You know, it's like people are going to make a decision about which video to watch in like three seconds. Yeah. So it's and uh, when you when you put it in that context, then it kind of makes more sense. But yeah, it's it, it's 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 crazy. And uh, yeah. again, it's like it's human psychology. Like what right. do people look at. This is why like so much of YouTube is human psychology. It's crazy. It's like oh, title yeah. and thumbnail combinations, and it's like fifty percent of the video. You could have a bang a video. Yeah. But if the it's it's like going into the supermarket, right, and and going mm-hmm. to to buy whatever it is, you know, you might have the most delicious chocolate in the world, but if it's just if it's the wrapping the sucks, then no one's going to buy it. Yeah, it's just human nature, you know. It's just yeah. the way we are. Well, so. just like you know, I, I'm older, so I remember you know records, you know, the record mm-hmm. album cover, You're like oh that mm-hmm. looks so cool. Or even today with like IPA beers or microbrews, like if they got a really yeah. cool can. I'm getting that. Even though it could taste like garbage, it doesn't matter. The can has a devil and it's like, oh yeah, it's crazy. The craft beer industry has got absolutely banger labeling. Oh they yeah. They really do. They yeah, really do. Totally. I'm a big fan of the, the, the pale, hoppy, citrusy types. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my tip. Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> you know, and we've got a good scene here in, in the UK, but yeah, some of, some of the labels on those things are, are amazing actually. Yeah. You've got like the textured stuff on the oh, outside yeah. or whatever, but. Yeah. But it makes a big difference and it draws people in because again it's kind of that thing of you don't know what's in the video until you watch it yeah you don't know what the beer is going to taste like until you drink it right so what do you have to go off okay well maybe some descriptions of what it might taste like on the yeah. outside that they've put on there which is probably like the title yeah. and then you've got the image on the on the wrapping which right. is the thumbnail like yeah. it's the same thing but like until you buy it like you don't know if it's gonna be good or not but yeah. you get enticed in by how it looks it's exactly the same yeah totally so when it comes to the, the community, the Tarkov community, you know, what's your opinion? of I, To me, this is the first real community I've jumped into, and I've got nothing but great things about to say about it. The people have all been fantastic. There's there's not many egos, I can I can honestly say. Mm. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's like any community in that you have a, a wide variety of different people. Yeah. And I think definitely within the the creator space, I think it's very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, for the for the most part, I mean, there there's kind of like pockets of kind of like thing is though, there's like the the, the pockets of like negativity within the Tarkov creator space yeah. typically tend to be coming from a place of love, even if it doesn't look like it. Right. right. It's like people's favorite game, and they play it twelve hours a day, so that's why they get frustrated and angry and yeah. end up in this like bitter hole where yes. they feel just upset about it. But for the most part, yeah, the the creator side of the community is just amazing honestly just like everybody's so welcoming people mm-hmm. are so helpful um yeah it's, it's it's really really good i mean it's it's a funny one like the as a you know british kind of like non-guns person the yeah. the overlap between the Tarkov community and kind of the i guess this like the the gun culture community yeah quite interesting to see sort of as like an outsider and like clearly i've learned a lot more about guns than i ever <laughs> thought i would um, yeah. playing this game which is kind of its own thing, but um, you know yeah. the two things sort of go hand in hand. But that's kind of interesting, and some of that kind of, um, I guess, comes into certain aspects of the community yes. too. Yeah. Um, for better or worse, there's like there's some bad parts that come with that, but then you also have like the veterans side, which also comes with that, which is right. amazing. You know? yeah. And so it's like it's, it's it's a bit mixed, but it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to to describe the whole thing because it's just it's such a big mishmash of like random people. But yeah. On the whole, I would say it's pretty positive, honestly. I'd say it's pretty positive. Um, I do think that the community now, and I get it, I think the community now is kind of getting a little tired of, like, the things that BSG are doing with the game. Yeah. um, For the reasons that we spoke about before. And it tends to be kind of a long-standing 
regular members of the community that are getting tired and i understand it right it's like you yeah. know we've had this arg stuff recently with all the bottles and all this kind of right. thing which is awesome and i've been following along with what's been going on not actually been actively participating because yeah. i'm busy doing other stuff but um been following along but i do even find myself not not that i don't care but i i think my expectations about an outcome have been diminished down to very, very, very low levels because of like the way that the Lightkeeper event was handled previously. Right. Yeah. This kind of thing. I just I feel like there's been some open goals missed, missed. Mm-hmm. by BSG. Maybe for reasons that were out of their control. Yep. We don't know. Right. Um, but it's just a shame. Like the things that annoy me more than anything else is when there's an opportunity to do something amazing yep. and that opportunity is missed. Like if something just sucks, that's it, right? You just suck it up. But right. if something could have been great. And then it wasn't because of either just like negligence or opportunity. It was just like, you know, pass them by or yeah. whatever. That's what kind of frustrates me the most. And so, you know, my enthusiasm about these kind of events has been dampened a little bit. I have to say, like, I'm very much in a kind of like, oh, this is cool. Let's just see what happens kind of thing, as yeah. opposed to expecting anything out of it. And I, I think that I do think that there's a lot of frustration in the community for things like that, um, as well as for certain like long-standing small bugs that haven't been resolved. Yeah. I mean, they've got a lot of work to do. So they do. It's, uh, and this this it's, it's this past wipe was not a lot there, you know. When you when you look at compared to how twelve twelve was, twelve twelve was yeah. probably the you know so many good things happened out of twelve twelve. Maybe we got spoiled with it when this one hit hit in June. It was just like okay, we didn't get we didn't get the lightkeeper. You know, the lighthouse expansion was okay. We got the goons, but yeah, that was yeah, it was it was a little light. Yeah, I think the lighthouse expansion without the light keep. I, I, I imagine they must have planned to have him in there, yeah. right? Because otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. It's like there's nothing over right. there. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of loot, but that's it. So it doesn't really make sense. I yeah. think that was probably their plan, but I think things got a bit skewed, and then they must have thought, God. But then if like, but people want to wipe like the, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're, you're torn. It's like okay. Yeah. Everyone's like at the end game. So what do we do? Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I have actually enjoyed this wipe a lot because it's like 12, 12, 2. Yeah. And 12, 12 for me was the best wipe progression cycle of all time in Tarkov. I would rather play 12, 12, 30 than I would 12, 11. Yes. Again. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that's good. And we're kind of playing like it's, it's interesting because 1212 was a journey of discovery. We had the changes to the ballistics model. We investigated the fact that people couldn't get headshots over certain distances, so they changed that. Yeah. There was like there was a few things that needed tweaking. We also had inertia, rogue farming, lighthouse. Yeah. Now people know how to do all that. It's almost like you kind of need a wipe where, okay, we go into the wipe knowing all the things. And now we just see how it plays out. Yes. Now that we know all the yeah. things. Okay. This is how this is how twelve twelve now like post twelve twelve wipes now feel. Right. And it feels to me it feels pretty good um and so i'm not as bothered about the lack of content so much yeah um because i actively enjoy just playing these wipes post twelve twelve for what they are yeah because of the changes that have been made which is which is good all right cool that's fair and now you know end of the day or end of the day you're not editing you're not live what you know you like being a dad what are some of the things you do out away from the computer hmm <clears throat> I guess it is a lot of family. Yeah. It really is a, a lot of family, especially recently because, as you know, I, I, we, I don't even know if we touched on it so far, but um, so my wife is pregnant again at the moment and she's we're very much in the last stages. Um, the baby's like basically due the end of this month. Yeah. So we're kind of into like the last couple of weeks. So, you know, the, the past sort of 
three months or so have been a lot more of like me helping out with this and that and um you know she just she just needs a lot more assistance yeah. with things um and, and the original kind of like plan that we made when we, we did all this stuff in the first place was for me to be you know, keeping weekends free so that we yeah. can be together and as a family and go to stuff and whatnot so a lot of that really and yeah. a lot of that actually you know sometimes i'll be playing like i might play a few games of dota with some friends yeah. if people are around it kind of depends like people are so busy these days mm-hmm. that it's uh that is it's kind of tricky but um yeah, it's it, funny like uh, i end up getting like sucked into doing you know talk of work like way more often <laughs> than i probably should um just in my like downtime in the evening just because right. I, I enjoy it right? it's your like, passion. It's what i like yeah, to do yeah absolutely yeah. and now is your uh is your first child excited or is she like oh, it's not going to be me anymore it's going to be the baby well she's she's kind of excited and a bit confused i mean she's yeah just about well she's going to be two this week oh so, wow okay so she's only she's, she's only little yeah um so she doesn't really understand what's going to happen yet yeah. but she you know she, she's quite good at speaking she's um she's she's more advanced talking and like fine motor yeah just like good girl <laughs> then um you know then gross motor skills yeah. like she didn't she didn't walk for a while and stuff because like you know they all progress at their oh, different God, rates yes. yeah but um but I was just like, yeah, you know, take the bit. It's like an RPG, you know, start a new character. It's just like put nothing into strength and everything into intelligence. Yeah, here we go. That's the, that's the gig away. Oh, my God. That is too funny. I love it. Um, so so she kind of like she knows what's coming. Yeah. Um, she knows the baby's coming and, she, you know, she touches the mom's tummy. It's just like, oh, you know, baby in there. Yeah. And is like excited about it and stuff. So we'll, we'll see. We'll awesome. see. Like we, we recently started putting her through nursery so that uh, yeah. she could basically just like, interact with a load of other kids more regularly. Yeah. Um, it's more, more for her, really, and just like getting out of the house and doing right. doing learning stuff with other people. It's yeah. not us. Um, and, you know, give my wife a bit of time as well. And it'll help when the baby's here. Oh, and good. that kind of so, um, so that's going to be fun. But, yeah, it's going to be super, super busy. So, yeah, I've been spending a lot more time just doing that kind of thing and yeah. um, doing doing bedtimes and like being on watch in the night in case she's upset yeah and and you know it's it's been a process for us because when i was like full-time in work i was working a lot and like most of the time when i was finished like she was already asleep yeah um and so i would barely see her in the morning maybe like a quick high like a round of breakfast and then i I wouldn't see at dinner like bath time none of that stuff just like she was already asleep long long way and um because you know i basically like needed to be properly rested and like didn't, didn't get much downtime. Right. My wife was just the one who would go and see her in the night. And so it was really hard. Like, it was a transition process for me to be able to go and, and her to actually want to see me. In right. The yeah. It's just like, you know, what's daddy doing here? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's always mummy. So uh, that took a while. So it's just, you know, been building on that oh, really. Good. Um, awesome. It's been, it's been nice. Yeah. It's just like we've been just doing lots of friends and family stuff. I mean, we've only been here back in the west midlands for a year yeah as of this month actually and i've only been well i've been full-time for like i guess nearly six months like five six months yeah. now so it's been yeah like five months of like relative freedom so i guess i've been trying to you know yeah catch up with people and see family and, yeah. and all like i like how you use the word work. freedom <laughs> yeah definitely yeah definitely. away from the city it's like it's, it's, yeah it's like it's freedom away from other people telling you what to do you know yeah um awesome. having it's just having that flexibility of your own schedule. That's the thing that I value the highest. Yeah. You know, being able to work when I want. If I want to work from like 9 p.m. till 11, then I can. Yep. If I want to take off three hours in the day to go and take her to something, then right. I can. Yeah. Um, it's so that's important. That's the thing for me. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I've been watching a few series recently, otherwise as well. But like, I'm not. I'm not a huge film and TV guy. Honestly, yeah. I just spend more time playing playing video games. Actually, the only other thing that I did recently was getting into a game called Hades. I don't know if you've played. Oh that. Actually, God, quite, yes. Yeah, because I'm actually a big fan of the roguelite 
yeah kind of genre in general and i've like played a few i'm not like a hardcore player of, mm-hmm. of, of roguelikes, but a couple of them take my fancy and i've been playing that recently and that's, that's actually good, good fun it's, yeah um, yeah good writing yeah it's it's yeah i've enjoyed it as well yeah. well made yeah a very absolutely. well made game cool well hey first of all uh good luck on child number two it is it's it's be ready to be busier it's it's still amazing and you survived the podcast and before you leave though now you got to call out somebody who in your circle you think would be a good guest who would be a good guest let's have a think hmm trying to think who else have you had on i mean it just in terms of like people who i'm i guess like most friendly with and just like you know down to person yeah, nice yeah. expert and ghost is a good guy to have on all right we, we had we had him on uh on scav talk yeah um, a couple of times now and he was kind of like one of the ogs but like all right. he's just such a cool guy he's got like a unique perspective on things yeah um and uh, yeah, he's a bit big family man as well, awesome. and he works super hard, and he's very very wholesome. So I think he's a he's a good a good chap. Perfect. All right. Well, Giga, thank you again so much, and it's been awesome meeting you, and thank you for your time. Thank you. It's been great. You know, Veritas Creator, I've looked up to for a long time just because the way that he portrays information and mm-hmm. the... I, I think this, the interesting the interesting thing for me about Veritas is kind of how, like, how principled he is about the content that he produces. Yeah. He's probably more principled than me. Like, he, he's... He's the... He's very, very pure with the way that he does his stuff. Like, he will only make content about the thing when he's really passionate about it or thinks it's like something really, really interesting. Yeah. And then when he's investigating it, he will spend as long as it takes to make sure that he knows absolutely everything about that. Yeah. I do tend to take a slightly more pragmatic approach, partly because I guess like I'm not in the same position, right? So like I have to be, I'm still trying to build the channel up and like right. you know, just keep things floating. 